Oh man, there we are. Well, good morning, everyone, and as my beautiful wife said, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Ready to rock and roll? Ready to smash some stuff? <laughs> some of you look a little nervous, but yeah, it's perfect. We're going to smash some stuff today. Uh, and one, the first thing we're going to smash is some mindsets. Uh, well, we're going to hit one mindset today, and then throughout this month, we're going to be smashing a numerous of different mindsets. And I'll just kind of lay the foundation. Next week, we're going to be smashing the mindset of money is my source. It ain't your source. Jesus is your source. The next one on the, the 22nd, we're going to be doing God is con in control of everything. We're going to smash that mindset as well. So, ah, what? Oh, yeah, be prepared. And then on the last one, the 29th, we're also going to be talking about uh, just talking about change and being okay with change and all about change, smashing that mindset that people don't like change. We all do. Look, you got a haircut. How many got a new piece of clothing on this morning? No. <laughs> Three people. But how many would like to have a new piece of clothing on? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. So we like change. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go, go to Colossians chapter 1. And again, welcome. We're so thrilled that you're here. And uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, I want to, again, just lay out the quick foundation of what this season is for us as a church family. And I mean, I've heard lots of comments, people coming up. This is exactly what I need to be hearing, getting back to the foundations, the basics of what I believe, the basics of who I am. And uh, man, so make sure we're going to eat this up. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28 um, the Apostle Paul just kind of says this near the end. He said, We tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship with Christ. Basically, the whole foundation, the focus on what we're doing this entire year is decontaminate. Everybody say decontaminate. decontaminate. Now, what does decontaminate mean? Well, it simply means to remove dangerous substances from an area. Right, and I use the example, if there was a, you know, a, a, a horrible substance in here, like a gas or something like that, this area would be contaminated. And guys would have to come in and, and take, out, you know, take out all the bad stuff, take out all the air. That's called decontamination. And, you know, something sometimes in our lives, there is decontaminating thoughts, mindsets that you have that's actually holding you back from truly walking with God in the fullness that He laid out for you. Huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't just think, oh, yeah, I'm doing perfect. Everything's good. No, there could be some things that are contaminating your mind, contaminating the way that you think that's holding you back from a true, rich relationship that God has already purchased for you and wants to have with you. Can I get an uh-huh? Uh -huh. All right, perfect. So this is what the Lord said to us as a church family. I am removing blockages and clutter through clarity of my word and a yielding to my spirit so that you can walk closely with me. So this morning, this mindset that we are gonna, we're gonna smash and we're going to kill is I have to get from God. People are so busy, I gotta get from God. If I can only get this, then I'd be okay. If I could just get my healing, that's a completely wrong mindset. So if there, if there's any part of you that's trying to get something, if I need, I need God to move on my behalf, I need, I need something to happen in my family in order to see things going on, it's, we're, we're coming at it from a wrong angle. Right? So we got to change this mindset because what we're going to find out is there's nothing about getting, it's all about receiving. So we're going to talk about this. Are we ready? Okay. So this mindset on I have to get from God to do something for me, to move on my behalf because of something that I've done is a stealer of joy, of peace, and really your confidence. And actually what does happen is that it actually takes what Jesus has done on the cross and says that what he did is not enough. Whether you realize it or not, I got my, I need God to move in my family. That, that statement right there, whether you realize it or not, most of the time you don't realize it, but you've actually just said that what Jesus did on the cross isn't enough. He's got to do more than just what he did on the cross. So that's what we want to challenge this morning is, why are you thinking the way that you're thinking? If I could just have $100 more, I'd be okay. God, can you get that to me? It's a wrong mindset. We're looking at it as if God hasn't given us everything already, that he still owes us some things, and that's off. Okay? Now, I want you to look at this. Go to Galatians chapter 1, and I want to show you how serious this is. <clears throat> the way that actually Paul talks about it is that thinking like this or having this mindset is really another gospel. It's a different, it's a different news. It's a different way of trying to receive from God. Really what it is, it's you're going back to a covenant that's expired. That doesn't work anymore. Galatians chapter 1, I want you to look at this in verse 6. It says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following, say following. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. 
You're following a different way that pretends to be a good news. Now, I don't want to take for granted that we're all following the good news. We've got to make sure that what we're lining up is what we've heard from the Word of God, right? But then he goes on to say, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again that we have said it before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Those are powerful words right, from the Bible. And I want to read it to you from the message because the message is straight up in your face. He said, I can't believe your fickleness. How easily you have turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of Christ by embracing a variant message. It is not a minor variation, you know. It is completely other. An alien message, a no message, a lie about God. Those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message of Christ on its head. Let me be blunt. If one of us, even an angel from heaven, were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be cursed. I say it once, I'll say it again. If anyone, regardless of reputation or credentials, preaches something other than what you received originally, let him be cursed. All right. So I got, I got looking at this going, okay, this is some serious business. So he's going back, what is the original message that you and I heard? Let's go back to the original message, okay? Now... What is the original message? Now, I want to just ask you this question. What was the message that you and I originally heard? Was it Old Testament? Was it New Testament? We'll start there. New Testament. Okay. Now, let's just talk about the Old Testament. Go to Hebrews chapter 8 for a moment. Now, what is... I mean, actually, in the Bible, you actually see three types of laws, or you see three different types of dispensation. You have the Adam and Eve dispensation, right? And in that, really, if God, God what did God tell Adam and Eve? If you eat... From the tree, you will surely die, right? So that's again based on, Adam, if you do this, then this is the cause. Now, what was the law, the Mosaic law, the law that still a lot of the Jewish people live under? What is that? It's the same. If, what, if, I, if I do something, then God can do something. If I don't do something, then God won't, right? So it's all based on what? What is the focus on in those two? It's focused on me, right? That's the whole focus on it. Now, what Jesus came to do, he actually came to fulfill that old law. So in Hebrews chapter 8, I want you to, I want you to listen to this, because again, we got to go back to the original message. Now, Paul, he started this church, I mean, Galatia is a whole area, and Paul, this, this letter is going to all the churches in that, in that region. And he planted these churches, he started these churches, and he's telling them over and over, and he's very stern with them, you are following a different gospel from the one that I preached to you, and that's bad news. We gotta make sure we stay away from that. Why? Because the law is passed. This whole thing of if I do, then God will. And how many people are still trapped in that mindset today? If I can just pray long enough, if I worship loud enough, if I dance fast enough, then God can or God will. There's nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. Say nothing. It is not based on your church record. God's not gonna look at, okay, 2017, okay, uh, Colton and Aaron Dunn. Okay, we missed a few in July. Yeah, summer vacation. Yeah, not on my watch. Okay. And he's just doing, okay, yeah, that's in. Oh, yeah, and Colton, the way you dressed on that one Sunday, I didn't really appreciate, but, you know, we're going to, I'll give you half a mark. See, that, you kind of think, oh, that, yeah, yeah. but seriously, in the back of your mind, that's how you think. Oh, I, I didn't pray. You know, I didn't do my 10 minutes of devotions today. We're going back into the works mentality. And what Paul said is that that message is completely gone. If anybody thinks that he can operate that, man, you're completely out in left field. You're operating by an expired covenant. It's not working anymore. Let me prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. It says, Now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. If the first covenant, talking about the Mosaic covenant, had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, now whose fault was it that the first covenant didn't work? Ah, so we, we didn't know how to do it. We couldn't do it. <laughs> he said, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. 
This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant. So I turned my back on them, says the Lord. Now that's, that's rough. <laughs> right? All of a sudden you didn't do your end. God turns his back on you. Man, what's that? That means he, he's, he's not even looking at you anymore. But he said, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never, ever, ever again remember their sins. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will disappear. So that old covenant, that old testament is done. It's sealed. It's completely finished. So God established a new covenant. What is this new covenant? And that's, this is the message that you and I are part of. That we heard this new message preached to us and now we responded to it. Don't leave that message because the moment you leave it, the first place that human nature goes back to is the old style, the old covenant where I have to work some things up. I got to be doing this. I got to do this in order for God to bless me. No, it's not based on your faithfulness anymore. Now you got to hear me right in this. this. I mean, does God, you still have to be faithful? Absolutely. But God knows that. Are we always 100% faithful? No. So he made a covenant not based with you. Who did he put the covenant with? It's between God and His Son, Jesus. Now, remember we talked all last month about being in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in this covenant. Now, when I mess up, God doesn't go, you idiot. What is wrong with you? No, He goes, my Son, Jesus, is still faithful. So all I have to do is now I repent for missing it, and I just get right back in covenant with it, as if nothing ever happened before. This is the good news. Right? Okay. Now, I want you to uh, go to Romans chapter 3, but I want to read this to you in John chapter 1, verse 17. Of his fullness, we have all received grace after grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I, I'm speaking freedom. I, I know there's some people that I'll, I'm expecting you to be set free this morning. And what set free from? Free from that law. Free from that mindset I have to do in order to get. I have to be in order to see. That's not it. There's nothing to do with that anymore. And in fact, the, the, Paul tells us over and over in the New Testament that the law actually kills. You see that in 1 Corinthians 8. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Man, you can see it. Anybody ever tried preaching to somebody the law? Hey, you came across the law. I mean, I, we had this in our marriage. <laughs> Where there have been times where, you know, Jamie was missing it or something. And I had to come in there, or in my, I guess I should fix that before I, you know, get in trouble. Is that I perceived she was off, so I had to preach the word to her to fix it. Any husbands in the house ever do any of that? Okay. And how did that turn out for y'all? You're still married? <laughs> okay. How does that work? It doesn't work. Why? Because you're taking the law and you're trying to cram it on somebody. Same thing if you see those guys that say turn or burn. How's that working out for you? I remember I was, uh, I was at a conference. I can't remember. It was somewhere in, I was in, I was in the States and uh, I was talking with one guy and there was, we had, we had talked, we had made up conversation with the guy with the turn or burn guy. And, uh, turn or burn guy is just kind of standing there and he's just, and he's preaching, right? And everything he's saying is true, but there's not, there's not teaching it from a new covenant perspective saying there's no grace, there's no love and no truth, or sorry, no grace and love in the words that he's saying. So he's saying, turn a burn and you need Jesus, everybody needs Jesus. Is that true? Yeah, we all need Jesus. But if you talk about it from an old covenant mindset, it actually becomes law. You start to shove something down somebody and that turns them completely off. And so we actually asked this guy, and I think he'd been doing it for about 20, 15 to 20 years in between that span. And that one of the guys that was there asked him, how, how many people have you converted? One. And I feel bad for that guy that got converted. Because <laughs> what happened, he actually just entered into this law, religious law, where he now has to try to make it in this. Where you think your God is mad at him. 
But how much more? You just show the love of Christ, like what we did yesterday. It's very interesting. I mean, the group that I was with, all we did, we knocked on those doors. Hey, say, can we, we just want to love on the city. Here's a pie. Can we rake your lawn? And what happened? It just, it broke down a wall, said, are you serious? Yeah, we just want to love on you. God loves you. We just want to love on the city. That would be, that would be great. Thank you so much. And it opens doors. And no joke, we had Jehovah Witnesses following us right after. I, I'm not, and I'm not saying this to demean anything, but they came in and the people, the same people that we knocked on their doors, they knocked too and they didn't get answered. And that's not to go whoop whoop, that just shows you the approach, the motive. If you're trying to preach at somebody from an old covenant mindset, whereas if you don't change the way that you're living, you're going to hell. Who wants to listen to that? Man, for the most part, I'd rather have fun in the world than if that's the way that you're living. I gotta wear that, I gotta look like this, I gotta knock on doors like this. Eh, I'd rather live in the world. I would. Way more fun out there. Anywho. <laughs> I'm just being, you know, that's that's the reality. Romans chapter three, you're there? Okay. Two. Romans three. So what is this New Testament message that you and I heard? So if you've heard, if you grew up hearing. If you do, then God will. If you don't, then God won't. I want you to be set free. That is not the message that you need to hear. So let's re-preach the good news to you. Okay? And what is this good news? Is that God already knew that we weren't able to do what the law required. He was very well aware of that. So what did He do? God came in flesh and fulfilled the law for you and I. So all we have to do is simply believe in the one who fulfilled it, and we get credit as if we did it. I did it. Do you fulfill the law? Yeah, and it's all wrapped up in this one phrase now. Love one another. <laughs> There's 613 laws. Can you keep that? I bet you you broke about, you know, half of them by the time you got to church this morning. <laughs> Jesus came and he made it simple. Keep it simple, saint. Hey, hello. So Romans chapter 3, and I want to show you, this is now the message that from the New Testament that we originally heard. Verse 20, 21, it says, But now God has shown us a, a way to be made right without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Listen, those prophets, the writings of Moses, they saw this day and they were like, Whoa, man, he is so good. He, what a loving God. That's amazing. But they never saw it. We get to see it. So I want to be partakers of it so you can enjoy it, right? He said, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. <laughs> Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious. Okay. <laughs> for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And I mean, for most religious folk, that's the scripture that they quote. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Yeah, have we? Yeah, absolutely. But then it says, yet God. If we say, yet God. Yeah. So just, don't just stop there. Oh, yeah, you know, Eric, you're a real sinner. You, you have, you've fallen short of God's glorious standard. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And you have this again, this old covenant mindset. Like, what about, I should pass him a goat so he can slaughter it at the same time. <laughs> But this is the thing, yet God, with what? Undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. Say, I'm righteous. What did you have to do to get it? You had to believe in Jesus. That's it. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and, and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. He is such a good God. God did not did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything good to be accepted by God? No, because our, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it's based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Now everyone who stands right before God gets everything that God has. 
Listen, in that, the Old Testament, if you were good, if you did this, then God was able to do something for you. Now here it is under the New Testament, because of what Jesus has done, I get everything that God has, I get everything that God is, and I get to actually be a partaker. I get to be involved in what He has. Based on what? Based on me acting a certain way, doing certain things? No, based on me believing in what Jesus has done for me. So again, it's no longer my trying to get healed. Jesus already bought and paid for that. What do I now have to do? I have to now receive. I have to reposition myself in this place of, I got it. Now we're going to talk about this for a sec. You, we're okay? This making sense? Okay. So what was the message that brought you into the kingdom of God? So this is the message that we heard is that God is no longer mad at you. He's not pouring out his wrath on anybody or any mankind anymore. He loves mankind. Even those that are involved in ISIS, he loves them. He's crazy about them. And he's, and he's drawing them in with his love. That's how he's doing it. That's how he will do it, is he'll draw them in. The same way the Apostle Paul, he would be considered in that time a modern day terrorist. How did Jesus appear to him? He showed up on his way to Damascus, blinded him and said, hey, Paul, why are you doing this to me? And the th I think it's interesting. The first, the questions that Paul asked, he said, who are you and what do you want me to do? <laughs> those are the only questions that Paul asked. Who are you and what do you want me to do? If you can answer those two questions, your life will be mighty fine. Who are you and what do you want me to do? <laughs> that takes care of it all. Uh, where was I now? Anyways, what was the message that brought you into the kingdom of God? It was a message about the goodness and kindness of God. That was the message that brought you in. Is it not? Hello. His kindness, His goodness is the one that brought you in. I don't think anybody was brought in, you know, if you'd, I mean, that, that, hey, God, you know, God hates you. God's mad at you. No, man, He draws us in with His loving kindness. Now, I want you to look at this Romans chapter 5. You're there. Look over a page. I'm just going to present the gospel to you this morning. That's all I'm doing. Verse 6 through 11. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, just before I read on, I want you to notice where the emphasis is on. Is the emphasis on you or is the emphasis on God? I want you to watch for that because this is the message that brought you into the kingdom of God. Let me read it again, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, we will certainly say, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made friends for us with God. Now I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. It says this, once you were dead, again, look at the, where's the emphasis on? Is the emphasis on you or is the emphasis on God? Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loves us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life. Even though you were useless to Him. You meant that there was nothing that you could ever give Him, even though you were completely dead, utterly useless, some translations say. He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He has raised us from the dead along with Christ, and He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us and shown in all that He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift. Say it's a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. 
It's a gift. Some of you got to be better at taking gifts. I used to be bad at it. You people who try to bless you, you know, give you something. You go, oh, no, I'm okay. Man, take that thing. Are you kidding me? I'm going to be the best gift receiver in the world. Why? Because what everything is, is a gift. It's his grace. It's his kindness that he's trying to show towards me. Listen, at our home, Jace and I and, and, and Jamie, we, we talk a lot about heaven. We talk a lot about what the kingdom of God is like and what it's all about. And one of the things he's always asking is, what's it going to be like? When we're, when we're with Jesus, what are we going to do, Papa? When, Jay, when Jesus sees me, what is he going to do to me? I said, buddy, he is going to pick you up and probably throw you super high in the air that your mother would go, that's too high. And he's going to catch you and you guys are going to chest bump, high five, arm wrestle, wrestle. You're going to do it all, man. Why? Because he loves you. As we just saw in verse 7, that what is, it, what is the whole point for Jesus doing everything that he did? Is so that in the times that are yet to come, he's going to pour out his exceeding kindness on you. What does that mean? He wants to show how kind he is using me. <laughs> he chose me. Remember, I didn't choose him. He chose me. And what did he choose me for? He chose to love the hell out of me. He loved the poverty out of me. He loved the sickness out of me. He loved everything completely out of me. And he gave me his life. Woo! And what does he want to do? In the ages to come, he wants to show how madly in love he is with you. Listen, he wakes up every morning, Zachariah says, and he sings songs over you. The moment you wake up, he goes, Good morning! So good to see you, Marcel! And he just, he goes, he just goes all nuts about it because you're up. He sees you, there you are. Man, we go into our kids' room and we just stare at him and go, Oh man, I love you. Man, while you're resting, while you're just enjoying a good sleep, God just looks at you and goes, oh, it's my son. Man, you look good when you're sleeping. You may be loud, but man, you look good when you sleep. Do we have this mindset of God? Because as long as we think that we got to get from him, we think of God as a more of a standoffish, distant father who's not as interested in what his kids are going through. No, man, if he's in my room watching me sleep, he's interested in what I do the next day. He's interested in how I feel. He's interested in what goes on in my life. He's interested. And this is the whole point. This is the whole message that you and I originally heard. Let me finish this off before I start yelling. <laughs> uh, the next one, verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. I, I wish you could get that in, not just in, not in your brain. I know we know this, but do you know it? Here. Everything that you have, everything that you experience is not a reward for the good things that you've done. Oh, you went to church today? Oh, God goes, okay, here, I'll give you a good paycheck this month. Nothing to do with that. What, what is it? We have nothing of the good things we've done, so no one can boast about it. Everything that we do, it just showcases how good God is. You know, um, and before I just go on, you're all going to be receiving one of these things. I take it home as a smashing stupid mindset. And this scripture, I just love this, 2 Corinthians 4.15. It says, God's grace reaches more and more people. There will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Grace is reaching. Grace reaches. And grace is not just a topic. Grace is a person. You know that. Grace is Jesus. Jesus came and he brought grace. He revealed grace. He revealed everything about who the Father was. Stop trying to get this. He said, man, everybody, if they're working up as well, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? How am I going to put this on my body? How am I going to get a paycheck? He said, stop it. He said, man, the world thinks like that. You shouldn't be thinking like that. He said, if you're going to be hooking up with me, man, what you should be doing, just seek first the kingdom of God. Spend time with me. See how I do things. And all these things will be added unto you. Grace is reaching to those that are in, in complete loss, they have no, they have, want nothing to do with God. God has never turned His back on anyone. He did that in the Old Covenant. This is the New Covenant. What is the New Covenant? Is God, Jesus is reaching out. God is reaching out. His love is constantly reaching. Because you know what love does? It breaks any wall. It breaks every barrier. No matter how tough, no matter how rough. I remember when I was 15, uh, one of my first mission trips, we went to Modesto, California. Anybody been to Modesto, California? That is, uh, back in that day, it is, it was the pop, or the highest, it ranked first place for stolen vehicles in the United States. 
Modesto was, it, <laughs> it was bad, man. It, I mean, you could even walk around there and go, it was sketchy everywhere you went. And I had this awesome opportunity, and I said, you know what, I'm going to just love on these guys. There was three huge black guys, and I'm this white skinny guy. <laughs> I just went up, and I just started taking, hey, do you guys know Jesus? And I just, I mean, I'm 15, real nervous. And do you know Jesus? Jesus really loves you. God really cares about you. He gave his son to die for you. Uh, do you want to receive Jesus? And they just looked at me like, slow down, for one. But then they said afterwards, like, man, you, you're a tough cracker. That's what they said to me. You're a tough cracker. I said, oh. Thank you. I, I don't know what that is. I don't have any premium. I'm from Red Deer. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so he said, you coming up to three guys like us, talking to us about God, that's a big deal. But you know what love does? When you come in there with the motive just to love, it does not matter where people are from. It means nothing. You come in there with the love of God, it breaks down any kind of race fear, any kind of anger, any issue, because love just breaks through barriers and it just showcases who Jesus is. That's what he does. Grace reaches. So now what was the focus on these scriptures that we just read about? The focus is on Jesus and what he has done. Everything about that. So because you hear that now, what did you and I have to do? We had to respond. Now Romans chapter 10, just flip there for a quick sec. I know you know this, but I want you to get it. So you hear about how good God is, what He's done in your life, what He will do for you, and what He desires to do. You're not a response. We have a response here. In Romans 10, verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself, Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in Him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Now what was the Old Testament? What was it? It was obedience to all of the commands. If you, were, if you missed it in one area, you missed it all. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven. That means to bring Christ down to earth. And it doesn't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it does say the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it is in your heart, and this is the message, the very message about faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing with your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. That's the message. So what's the message? It's all focused is on the cross of Christ, what Jesus has done for you and I. We know what he did. We responded to that by accepting him, by confessing Jesus as Lord. I believed it in my heart. I said it with my mouth. That is the biggest miracle that any human being will ever experience. You go from death, spiritual death, going to hell. That's where your destination is. Your father's the devil. And just by believing something in my heart, by confessing it with my mouth, I actually get a new daddy. Talk about that in an adoption agency. I say something, I believe it, I say it, I get adopted by a completely different father who loves the stink out of me. Meanwhile, the people are stuck in here. It's just a switchover. And did I have to do anything in between? Did I have to go to church in order to receive that? No, I have to now accept it and I just become it. What did I do in order to be a child of God? Nothing. I believed. It's all that I had to do. Now, this is the weirdest concept, and I know that you'll agree with me. I was saved by grace, right? I heard the message of God's grace. I responded to God's grace to his call by saying, Jesus, I come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord. But now that I'm a child of God, I have to work hard in order to receive what he promised me. Do you see that doesn't make any sense? How you were born into this family is actually not how you live in this family. 
If you're trying to live, you got in this family by believing in your heart, saying it with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, that's how you got into the family? Why do you think that now operating in this family, I have to work hard in order to get God to do something for me? It didn't work while you were over here. Why? Because that old covenant is expired. It's like drinking milk that was two months expired. Who touched that? Nobody would. Reeks. It's the same way. God has nothing to do with that old covenant. It's gone. It's done. Jesus fulfilled it. And so we have a new covenant. And that's what we're going to finish off here. Isn't that a weird concept though? So what is the work of a New Testament Christian? What's our work? John chapter 6. Ready? All right. Are you ready? My hands are cold, so I'm just, you know, warming them up. John chapter 6, verse 29. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. What is it? Believe. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe. Oh, it's easy. No, it's not as easy as you think. If it's easy, then everybody would be operating in this way. Believe. If you've just been brought into the kingdom of God, this is the only work that God requires of you, and it's to believe in His Son. 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. It says, this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded. What's our job? Believe. Now, I want you to see this. Mark chapter 16. Now, I want you to see this. Now, your work is not, okay, i got to read the Bible in order to get more. That's not the work. Yes, there is. Now, flowing from that grace, I pray. Flowing from that, I read the word. Flowing from that, I do life. I don't do it in order to get life. I do it because I have it. Do you see that? Now, look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. This is right when Jesus went up to heaven, and he says this to his disciples. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. What's the good news? What's the good news? I, I mean, I'm questioning you because you're going to have to do this this week. What's the good news? Is it if you don't listen to God, He's shooting you off to hell? That's not good news. <laughs> What's the good news? Jesus already purchased your freedom. Jesus has already done the work. All you have to do is receive Jesus. It's simple. Humans, it's simple. <laughs> he said, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But notice, anyone who believes... Anyone who believes will, and, is, will be, and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So this actually shows why people choose to go to hell. Nobody goes to hell for sin. Why? Because Jesus already paid for all of it. Why do people then choose to go? They, they choose to go because they reject Jesus. They reject the sacrifice. They reject everything that God did in Jesus for you. So they actually made a choice. If you don't want Jesus, well, you made a choice already. But if you choose to accept Jesus, then woo, he's got full access to you. Now, look at this. These miraculous signs will accompany those who, what, work hard for them? No, who believe? Say believe. believe. Listen, we call ourselves believers. Let's believe something. Not mentally. Mental belief does nothing. I mean, it. you know it. I got this. I know it. I know it. I know it. And because I know it, it causes me to move. They will cast out demons in my name. Oh, can I actually do that? Well, if you don't believe, no. It's as simple as that. Right? But if you believe, yeah, this, listen, this is normal. See, like, like listen, the disciples, when they looked at Jesus, they were like, how was he doing this? He fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two How did he do this? Jesus was actually a little disappointed with them because what happened again is man lost their image. We don't know what we're supposed to be like until Jesus came back and revealed who we're supposed to be like. Walking on water, feeding multitudes with little bit of food, man, cleansing lepers, raising the dead. That is all normal. That is actually where you and I originate from. That is our being now. That's who we are now. We're demon, demon caster-outers. We're dead raisers. We're multipliers. It's not because of who we are. It's because of who He is in us. The emphasis is always on Him. So He goes, out, they will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. Uh, they will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Can I do that? Well, if you believe, yeah. 
When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. What did they have to do? Believe. That is as simple as that. So the original New Testament, New Testament message is, my efforts plus the gospel of Jesus Christ is a contaminated gospel. I am messing it up. If I think, okay, I can only preach because I put, you know, my 40 hours of work to prepare for it, then I have a good message. That is a wrong mentality. I can now lay hands on somebody because I prayed an hour every, this past week, every day. I prayed for an hour. Now I can lay hands. That's a wrong mentality. It is all based on what do I believe? Not mentally assenting to, but what do I absolutely take in on the inside that I know, that I know, that I know. What I believe, that's what I operate from. You actually live your life based on what you believe. So what is your, what are you believing? Do you believe this word? If you believe this word, you start doing it. You won't have to go, okay, what is that scripture again? How do I act again? It just comes out of you. Now, let me just show you this real quick. Galatians chapter three. Are we doing okay? You're happy? Well, that's good. But I want you just to see this again, just to kind of prove my last, my point here. Verse 1, it says, this is Paul again, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. They saw it. Paul preached a perfect picture for them to see what Jesus did. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Meaning born again. Did you receive... The salvation package by obeying the law of Moses. Of course not. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> Read the Bible. <laughs> of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish. I like the message translation. How stupid can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Let me ask you that question. Does God do the miraculous in our midst, in our services together, because we obeyed the law? No. no. Then what is it based on? It's based on me believing what He did. People saying, oh, I love to see these miracles happen. Listen, all you have to do is believe it. You believe it, it's going to start happening. That's all that it is. Simple. Keep it simple, Christian. Okay. Now, so now as we just said, what is our Christian work? What is the New Testament Christian? What's our work? What's our effort? It's to believe in Jesus. Now, how does this relationship with God work? How do I work with God now that I'm in this new covenant? Listen, I want you to absolutely think, okay, this old covenant is dead. If I tried... Op operating in a certain way in order to get something from God, I'm completely missing it. So now how do I operate as a Christian? Now this is how we're going to talk. It is a grace and faith conversation. This is how we're going to live now. Grace, faith. Everybody do this. Grace, faith. Grace, faith. Grace, faith. That's how this whole thing works. It's just like this. It's a cycle. It's a complete cycle. It's no longer me trying to do something. And trying to work it out and go, okay, I want to see this happening. Trying to pop some fruit out of me and let's see if I can just make it work. It's now, what has he said, Grace? I'm doing it. And as I saw Colton chugga chugga choo choo, it's just one of these. That's how this relationship's going to work. So we have to smash this mindset of anything outside of this is religion. Anything outside of this is dead works. Anything outside of this is frustration, is you've lost your peace, you've lost your joy. In fact, you actually lose your zeal for the word because nothing is working. Why isn't it working? Why isn't everything? I read these promises. Why am I not seeing it? It's because you stepped out of this grace-faith conversation and you are now in doing this grace and works relationship and it does not work. It will not work. Listen, I've been frustrated in my Christian life simply because I stepped out of grace and faith and into just works and hopefully it happens. Doesn't work. <sighs> okay. Grace has moved first. Say it with me. Grace has moved first. It has already spoken the solution to all of mankind's problems. 
You got an issue? Grace has a word for it. You got a problem in your family, in your body, in your finances, in your brain. Grace has a solution. Grace has an answer. Grace has already spoken. It's already happened. Now, there may be some things that you need to fix. If you're just holding on to bitterness, if you're just holding on to anger, you got to fix that. I mean, grace can't do anything if you're going to hold on to this strife. You're going to hold on to this. No, why are they doing this? Why did they do that to me? There's nothing grace can do because grace has already spoken. Grace does not understand whining language. Grace doesn't understand works. Listen, for me and Marcel to have a conversation, we both speak English, right? Oh, hey man, how you doing? We can carry on a conversation because I know how he communicates. I'm going to Quebec in about 10 days. I don't know en français. <laughs> so when I go to Quebec, I'm going to be there. Bonjour. Uh, comment ça va? Bien. Si. <laughs> I want to learn that language. Jean-Pierre Joël. Uh, you know, you need a little need toilette. Uh, that's about the extent of my French. <laughs> so that right there, if I go and I always like this happened, you know, when we were in, in Holland one time uh, the, in 1999, the first time the family, we all went to Holland. Uh, Javi and I, we got into this conversation with this Dutch farmer who went full-blown Dutch on us. And we're standing there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ah, ha. <laughs> that sounds Dutch. Ha. Yeah, I, uh, I like drop your stew. Yeah, drop. <laughs> and so they're saying all these things. And actually turned out he asked us for help. And we never showed up the next day. So he came and talked to my dad and was like, where are your boys? I, <laughs> I, had, I didn't even know that we were being asked. So this whole conversation, he's talking to us and we're just like, yeah, 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 ha, yeah, oh. And I knew it was sheep because he was a sheep farmer, so I could say, yeah, schapje, sheep, schapje, yeah, yeah, sheep. And that was about the extent of it. Okay, bye, bye. I understood that and that was the end of the conversation, only to find out that we had totally miscommunicated. He wanted some help on his farm. We said, yeah, we didn't show up. It's because we didn't speak the same language. Grace always speaks, but it doesn't know wine. Oh, God! He doesn't... He goes... Come again? What? What is that language? Okay. Oh, God, I just... Why can't you make this thing work better for me? I, I'm really sorry. What are you saying? And you know, sometimes what happens is that when you... I mean, I have a, a, an aunt, a distant aunt that lives in BC, and she brings in a lot of foreign students. And to watch her actually communicate with this foreign student is hilarious because she talks louder. Chinese student, and so she asked, hey, would you like some turkey or some gravy for your turkey? Uh, huh? Would you like some gravy for your turkey? I'm sorry. Would you like some gravy for your turkey? And meanwhile, this, she's, this poor student's just, see, I don't, I have, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Spanish, I got that. <laughs> but what's happening, we've got a whole miscommunication thing going on here. And so what happens when you find out your prayers aren't working? What do you do? You whine even louder. God, why isn't this working? And God goes, I, I literally can't hear a word that you're saying. We think it's working. You think if God answers every prayer, he doesn't. He doesn't. Why? Because he can't understand you. Oh, God hears me every time that I, that I pray. No, if, if it's not faith, he doesn't speak that language. He speaks grace, faith language. That's what he speaks. He doesn't speak, I give you something and go, Oh, God, what's going on in my life? He doesn't understand that terminology. He doesn't understand it. Why? Because he is a grace, faith God. That's how he operates. And that's how we got into this family. That's how this family operates. It's grace, faith. Grace, faith. That's how this thing works. Now... <laughs> grace understands faith, but also faith understands grace. I love this. Grace understands faith. So when grace is, does something, he knows when faith is operating. He knows when you're operating in it. Why? Because he understands the language. He goes, oh yeah, I understand that. But here's the other cool thing, is that when grace speaks, faith, my part, I know when grace is speaking. I know that. Why? Because my trust is in what he said. Now, He's looking for trust and confidence in what he's done. John 6, 29. Our work is to believe in his son, Jesus. 
Faith is the only proper response to what grace has done or what grace says. Why is that? Hebrews 11.6, it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible. Say impossible. impossible. <laughs> you know whining doesn't impress him? Not only that, showcasing how busy I am does not impress him. Lord, we're working hard down here. Can't you see what we're doing? That does not impress him. Oh, but I read my Bible. It does not impress him unless it's done in faith, which means I've responded to what grace has said. A lot of times people are even reading their Bibles out of obligation. That doesn't please them. What does it do? It satisfies an own need in yourself because you trust in your works more than you trust in what Jesus has done. I have more faith in me and in what I do rather than in what Jesus has already provided for me. So I read my Bible. I feel good after two hours of reading and I go, I did it. You know what happened? You are a religious person. You stink. It's just, it reeks off of you. And in fact, the conversation with God is, I can't have any part of this. Why? Because there's no grace and faith connection. If I'm praying, if I'm, not only this, if I'm witnessing apart from grace, I'm operating in the flesh and what happens, I'm going to get frustrated and see very little results and the results that I do see, I won't actually enjoy because I had to work for it. Grace has done the work. Our job is to, we labor into rest, I rest, I do the work. See? We're cool? We're good? <clears throat> okay. So the truth is, grace has already given me everything that I'll ever need. It's no longer me trying to get from God. He has already given it to me. I need to simply receive what His grace has already provided. So I'm not a getter. I'm a receiver. I'm no longer a getter. I'm not getting anything from God anymore. Why? Because He gave it all. I have everything that God has. I, what am I now? I'm a receiver. So now here's the question. How do I know... When I actually trust God, when I'm in faith, when I'm in this grace-faith relationship, Colossians 2 verse 7, it says, Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thanksgiving. What is the language of faith? Thank you. Thank you. How do you know that you're trusting God? Is When a, when a tough time comes your way, your first response is not, What? God, Why? Or, why is my family like this? It's, thank you. From a response from this, to simply going, thank you. Because I already know what grace says. <laughs> you pick up what I'm throwing down? Listen, tough times come to everybody, but how you respond showcases what you actually believe. Oh, sickness tries to come across your body. Oh, I just need another sick week. <laughs> What happens is you've not heard grace talk. No, and listen, I'm not saying this, okay, well, then, then listen, you can get the other side where you get so heady and go, no, I'm, I'm healed in Jesus' name, I'm healed. But you actually haven't heard grace talk. You're just speaking what the Word says, and that is just the law. What is grace saying to you? Maybe part of it, what the Lord has told me is, go to bed earlier. Grace has spoken. So if I start taking 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, I'm healed. And I'm going to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, waking up at 6. And all of a sudden, I'm saying, God, why isn't this working? Grace has told me to go to bed earlier. So what's my response? Go to bed earlier. <laughs> so what happens? We, a lot of times, we just take these things and not even grace is not even speaking to us. And we're just trying to operate in faith. And it's not faith. It's actually presumption. It's assuming that this is what I got to do. Grace, well, when you hear from grace, listen, you will know what you got to do. Grace speaks simply so that you get it and you can apply it to your life. Because, I mean, listen, I grew up in, in, in a faith church. I grew up in this. I've been here longer than y'all. Going on 30 years. I've been here. And the, my, how I've always perceived it, the way I always looked at it is that my faith is what determines the course for everything. It's not. Faith is not first. It's second. Faith is a response to something. Faith is a response to what grace has already provided, what grace says. If you haven't heard from grace, you have nothing to trust. You have nothing to believe. If grace hasn't told you something specific, you have nothing to believe, nothing to stand on, and you're trying to operate in this faith thing, and it's not working for you. Why? Because there's no grace in it. <laughs> That's how we had to do it for Jamie and I, when we were believing God for having babies. People come out all the time. Oh, you're not pregnant yet? Shut up, man. <laughs> I'm working on it. 
And so they kept saying this thing over and over. And what we had to go back to, no, the Lord told us that children are an inheritance from the Lord. He's told that to us. We didn't just pop a scripture out and go, oh, that's cute. This is what he spoke to us. We took that, we laid hold of it. Two years later, still standing, we had our first baby boy. And we're still standing on that same promise. This is what he told us. So we have something to believe. A lot of times people are just believing something, hope, or not even hoping, wishing something would work. It doesn't work that way. It will not work that way. And that's why you have a lot of frustrated Christians operating in this kind of faithy thing, and it's not working. It's because there's no grace. It's a grace-faith connection. It's not just faith-works connection. Me just doing things isn't going to help. It's not working for you. It's not going to do anything. It's what has he said? I can now respond based on what he said. That's how it is. And what he says, be prepared. It may be completely different from what you thought. That's why the word tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I had no idea I was going to be here after 30 years. I thought I'd be gone, living in New York somewhere. But alas, right here. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful. This is where we are. I'm, this is it, man. This is... What's that? I, I visit New York. This is just a cool place. This is where we live, man. It's because when grace tells you something... Listen, the whole reason why grace has to speak is when grace speaks, he also empowers you to do it. Because if you're just trying to operate in it, you're trying to stir up enough willpower, you're trying to stir up enough emotion to see this thing through, only to fail on your face again. And okay, if I can get just tough enough, it'll work again. No, when grace speaks, I'm empowered... I'm strengthened. I go, yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, people even just taking that scripture and just going, oh, yeah, I can do all things. Meanwhile, they can't. Why? It's because grace hasn't spoken to them. What is grace saying to you? Ask yourself that question. What is grace saying to me today? What is he speaking? What is he showing me today? From that, I can do. I can operate. It's not about me being a better husband to Jamie. I can't do that. Listen, this Christian life, you can't do it in this Christian life on your own. You weren't designed to do it on your own. You don't know how. So grace says, here I am, baby. I'll show you how to do it. I'll talk to you. I'll guide you all the way throughout it. I'll lead you into all truth. I'll even show you things to come. That's grace. And in that, you want to be a good father? You want to be a good husband? Let me show you. Once grace reveals it to me, I'm empowered to do it. As we talked last week, if you can't see it, you can't participate in it. What has grace shown you? Because what he shows you, you can do it. Anybody ever see that before? You've seen something that may be tough. All of a sudden, you see it. Oh, man, I got it. Now what's going to happen? I can actually now do it. This makes sense? So what we're going to do is we're going to smash this thing because... Uh, does anybody want to smash this mindset with me? Anybody? All right, here's the mindset. I have to get from God. Anybody that just says, you know what? I need to smash this right now. All right, Ian, come on up here, buddy. Hold on, Scotty. You're going to come up here. Anybody else? I need one more. Anybody else want to come smash this? Anybody else? All right, Jimmy. All right. All right. And I'll, this isn't just like, oh, a cute little illustration that you can see yourself. Y'all look good. This is what I look like. Look at every morning, Sunday morning. This is what I see. Wow. Look how pretty we are. Okay. Great. This isn't just a cute illustration. This is on purpose. I got to smash this mindset. I have to stop living with this mindset. I have to get from God. So what I would like to do, everyone, just stand up with us for a moment here. And what we're going to do, I want you to, like, you can pretend that you're up here too. If that's something, if this is an area where you've always kind of been, oh, I just, you've been having issues, you've been struggling with, today's the day that it's done. That old covenant is finished, it's done. Jesus established a new covenant based on better promises. Our job is to believe, to trust Him and what He has already provided. So I want you, just everybody, just close your eyes just for a moment. And if that's you, I want you just to say this with me. Heavenly Father. Today is a new day for me. I'm closing off and letting go of the past. And I'm starting fresh right now. I believe in you. I trust in you. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior. I want to thank you for saving me and providing me with everything I need to live this Christian life. Lord, help me. If I have false mindsets, anything that goes against your word, 
Help me. Show me so I can walk with you in the fullness that you've done for me in Jesus. I receive it now. And as an act of my faith, I'm going to smash my foot on this mirror. And I'm done with this mindset. I have to get from you. I've received from you now. In Jesus' name, amen. On right, everybody, I want you to take your foot. Get your... Your most dominant foot. I got big boots on today, so I'm going to stomp on this thing. All right. Oh, yeah, you guys are good ones. And on the count of three, we are going to smash this mindset. Are you ready? Are you ready? No, no, come on now. Like I, listen, things could be holding you back from walking with God. you got to mean business with this stuff. Don't play nice with these types of things. Man, I, I, we're smashing this sucker. Like as we're done with this way of thinking. Ready? One, two, three. You smash that. Bam. All right, for safety purposes, nobody come up here after the service. All right. <laughs> cool, you guys may be seated. Man, isn't he good? Woo! Isn't he good? Aaron, come on up for a sec, Aaron. We'll... Who are we? We're people of the new covenant. We trust him. We believe in him. He is good, and he only does good. Right, so Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we honor you. We thank you for revealing to us through your word, through clarity of your word and a yielding to your spirit, how to walk freely, how to walk confidently, how to walk boldly in this day, in this age with you. Jesus, we need you in these last days more than ever, as you know how this world is going on. But Jesus, you have never left us. You will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You've already said that. So Lord, right now we ask you that you would open up our eyes to see. Open up our ears to hear. Open up our hearts to understand your word and its truth. Father, we love you. Our hearts I extend towards you. Going just with your own hearts, I want you just to reach out to him. The Bible says you come close to God and he will come close to you. Father, we draw near to you right now. We thank you. You are our comforter. When times are rough, when times are tough, you are our comfort and you show us the way out. You've never left us. You've never, man, showed us the wrong way. You've always led us in the direction that set us free. Jesus, our goal here is not to be partially free, but to be 100% free in you. Lord, we're not satisfied with being 75% free. We want it all. You paid too high of a price for me to be bound in any kind of way. So Lord, show us. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship him for a moment. We worship you, Jesus. Just lift your voice to him, Jesus. We honor you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, you we can do all things. You're the strength of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We magnify you. We lift you up, oh God. Go on, church, just with your own words. You just, just to sing a song out to him. This is a great place to do it, a great place to practice it. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We exalt you. Oh, we magnify you. Oh, God, let's just stand and honor him. We bless you, Lord. You're worthy of it all. Oh, my Jesus, we worship you, Jesus. We honor you. The Lord is just, I know He's doing some talking. He's doing some arranging inside you. Be aware of what He's done. Give Him the time. Thank you, Lord.
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I praise you, Lord Jesus. Man, I just hear some chains falling. Things, people being set free, things that have held you back for years. It's time to be free. Mindsets that have kept you back from being everything that God has called you to be. Mindsets that have kept you back even from having a functioning family. Freedom. Freedom. Just say that freedom. We declare freedom in this house. I declare freedom in my house. And I'm talking about my, my, my being. I'm free in me. I'm free in me. Just say it. I'm free. I'm free. There's freedom in my house. There's freedom in my actual home. Freedom in my family. Come on, just say it. I'm free. I'm not having it anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Things that you've been standing for for too long. Man, we need some speedy answers. We need some speedy results. And how does that come? What has grace said? What do I do? What is grace saying? That's what I'm going to do. Say with me. Grace, what you say, I do. What you say, grace, I will do. That's it. Keep our eyes on Him. Keep our eyes on Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.